Hi there, this is Omar Crook, host of Living with a Genius. I want to personally thank you for your financial support. Your donation helps keep this show chugging right along, and I truly couldn't do it without you. As always, thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time. Here's Living with a Genius for August 28, 2020. On this day in 1963, Martin Luther King Jr. delivered his I Have a Dream speech, concluding the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom. Widely regarded as one of the world's most transformative and influential speeches, alongside Abraham Lincoln's 1863 Gettysburg Address and Winston Churchill's 1940 Blood, Toil, Tears, and Sweat speech. The impact of King's words that hot summer afternoon in Washington, D.C., struck a chord with civil rights advocates near and far and became a powerful rallying cry for justice and equality. King's speech sparked a movement which helped create the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the Voting Rights Act of 1965, ending racial segregation in the United States. Wrapping up the historic 1963 March on Washington, King took to the podium on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial in front of some 250,000 fellow Americans. Because of logistical problems just 12 hours before, King hadn't finalized his speech. So to carefully craft the right words, King turned to his inner circle, Stanley Levinson and Clarence Jones, for a late night meeting in the lobby of the Willard Hotel, rather than in a suite, under the assumption that the lobby would be harder to wiretap. That evening, King had a cross-section of advisors present to fill any blind spots. Cleveland Robinson, Walter Fauntroy, Bernard Lee, Ralph Abernathy, Lawrence Reddick, along with Wyatt Walker and Bayard Rustin, who were in and out of deliberations. After a vigorous debate in which Jones took notes, he went to his hotel room and turned his notes into words King could recite. A short time later, he delivered his draft to King. As was customary in their relationship of speechwriter and speech-giver, King took the draft to tweak it and make his own, and on this occasion, Jones didn't see the final draft. The following day, despite the heat in the nation's capital, which reached a humid 87 degrees, people started showing up en masse. Among them were notable names, Josephine Baker, Marlon Brando, Harry Belafonte, Sammy Davis Jr., James Garner, Charlton Heston, Paul Newman, and Sidney Poitier. But perhaps the most important was Martin Luther King's confidant and gospel superstar, Mahalia Jackson. By 1963, Mahalia Jackson was already a legend in gospel music. In 1950, she became the first gospel singer to perform at Carnegie Hall. She sang at President John F. Kennedy's inaugural ball in 1961. And before King took the stage to speak at the march, Jackson belted out the Negro spirituals, How I Got Over, and I've Been Buked and I've Been Scorned. Jackson was also King's favorite singer. When Martin would get low, according to Jones, he would track Mahalia down wherever she was and call her on the phone. Jackson had King's trust, and she was also on the platform, sitting in the area of celebrities and dignitaries behind King, as he read from his prepared text. Go back to Mississippi, go back to Alabama, go back to South Carolina, go back to Georgia, 
Go back to Louisiana. Go back to the slums and ghettos of our northern cities, knowing that somehow this situation can and will be changed. Let us not wallow in the valley of despair. King paused for 10 seconds as the crowd cheered him on. And during that pause, the trajectory of the speech and its place in history transformed. 15 yards behind King, someone from the stage yelled out. It was Mahalia. Tell them about the dream, Martin. Tell them about the dream, she yelled. And King heard it. His reaction was to look in her direction, then to take the prepared text that he was reading and slide it to the left side of the lectern. King proceeded, unscripted, and it was in that moment that the dream became reality, and the rest, quite literally, was history. Here is Martin Luther King Jr. delivering the I Have a Dream section of his speech from the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, August 28, 1963. Take a moment to be still and have a listen. I promise you won't regret it. So even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the Red Hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day down in Alabama with its vicious racists, with its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification, one day right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted. And every hill and mountain shall be made low. The rough places will be made plain. And the crooked places will be made straight. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together. 
This is our hope. This is a faith that I go back to the South with. With this faith, we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. This will be the day, this will be the day when all of God's children will be able to sing with new meaning, my country tears of thee. Sweet land of liberty of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride. From every mountainside, let freedom ring. And if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. And so let freedom ring. From the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire, let freedom ring. From the mighty mountains of New York, let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvaceous slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and mole hill of Mississippi, from every mountainside. Let freedom ring, and when this happens, and when we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time.